We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Alexander. McCollum staying with him. Spins, gets inside. Left-handed off the glass. Oh, what a sweet move. Giddy, tough spot. Back door. What a pass. What a play. And Jada picks the pocket of Trey Young. He'll take it himself. This isn't dark. You're listening to the uncontested. What is up and welcome to the Uncontested Podcast coming to you live Wednesday, August 30th. We are brought to you by the Blue Wire Podcast Network and I'm your host for the evening, Jacob Niffen. A little two-man action tonight as I got my guy Taylor Peterson with me. They call us the Shay and the Giddy, you know. I, I, hey. I It is what it is. but It, it is what it we is. We have almost made it through the long drought that is August. Uh, with all due respect to like m- mid to late season MLB baseball that neither of us love, uh, we have finally almost made it to college football season. And I, I understand that there was week zero last Saturday, but let's be honest, none of that was very entertaining uh, how it ended up panning out. So very excited for this weekend, watch some football, and we're just getting closer and closer to the NBA season. So I cannot wait. A FIBA basketball, I think, ends September 10th. Then I believe it is three weeks after that. We will get training camp. Uh, Thunder Media Day should be late September, early October. There'll be training camp, a lot of stuff coming out of there. And then preseason basketball. We're like 40 days away from preseason basketball. Very exciting. It will be here very soon. Uh, Taylor, speaking of... FIBA basketball. I thought we would maybe start off the show with another FIBA update. Um, Our beloved Thunderers have played one game since we last spoke about FIBA. Shea Gilgis-Alexander and Team Canada went up against Slovenia. I believe it was Slovenia. Yeah. Is that right? uh, uh, Bertans. And Shea Gilgis-Alexander... I'm sorry, uh, Latvia. They went up against Latvia. That is correct. I'm sorry. No, you're good. You're good. That, Shaco just Alexander put on a show. 27 points on 10 of 17 shooting. 
He was two of seven on threes, six rebounds, six assists, two steals. Third quarter Shea was in full effect. I mean, he was doing stuff that just might get you arrested in a foreign country. Uh, absolutely. Had dudes literally bowing down to him. Yes, I, dude, way. he broke that guy off. Just That poor guy was proposing to him on one knee. Yeah, it uh, was done with him. Uh, 10 and 17 from the floor. And yeah, I think you said 27 points, six rebounds, six assists. And and like you mentioned, Jake, like the majority of that came from that third quarter. And it, I don't know. I mean, it, it, you see Shade do this, still playing at this elite level. Like, I I don't know. Maybe it's just like the, the pessimist in me that was kind of trying to pre- prepare myself to not necessarily a like, regression from Shea by any means but I just kind of thought like it'd be similar to last season he's kind of ramps himself back up into all NBA form that's not the case at all and seeing Shea perform at this level uh, it's really hard as a Thunder fan I it, like I understand the difference in competition and maybe the the uh, more spread out competition but it's really hard as a Thunder fan watching this and not just realizing you have one of the best top 10 talents in the NBA your basketball team i mean he's arguably been the best player in fiba yeah agreed i mean he is him and absolutely Luka. freaking cooking and i think you could argue he's been better than luca yeah i mean the just the complete package the other day what was that uh tuesday morning tuesday morning our time it was evening over there in southeast asia but the drives to the basket the finger rolls the the step backs, the midi pull-ups. I mean, he just had everything going. Threes. He's had some logo threes, Jacob. Yeah, like I know. How excited or how exciting is that? The, uh, like, you know, you and I have talked about, I, I feel like each offseason you and I have talked about, and, and all of us, but you and I specifically, I feel like have had con- different conversations throughout the offseason about like, what does Shade need to improve on this upcoming season? And I remember two, two years ago about this point, we were talking about Shay. That next evolution for him is getting to the free throw line, right? And generating more free throw attempts. He did that. And then last season, I honestly can't even remember what we were talking about more. Just seeing a little more consistency there and seeing if he could actually make that quote-unquote next step. And obviously he did that. And I know that's a very big statement, but then here we are, and he's continuing that into FIBA. And it's just it's, it's exciting. Yeah, he's he's incredible. I mean, he's the dude's just my favorite play was in that third quarter, late in that third quarter. I believe it was the play where he broke the guy off, dropped him to a knee, and then hit the pull up Jay. As Shea was dribbling up the court, RJ Barrett sitting in the corner, clapping at him, demanding the basketball. And it was like, my guy, take a back seat. You've got the best player in FIBA with the ball in his hands on a hot streak right now, RJ. Like, Five minutes ago, I watched you miss a free throw, rebound it, and then airball the layup put back. Like, take a seat, RJ Barrett. But, 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 Jacob, I play for the Knicks. Hey, I tweeted about that, and I had a lot of Knicks fans in my mentions. And I was like, hey, congratulations on your first good season in the past 20. Congratulations um, on your, uh, was supposed to be your superstar, but is a uh, meddling. I mean, I mean RJ's fine, started. but I mean, just <laughs> calm down, my guy. Uh, right. Other Thunder player. In FIBA, Josh Giddy, uh, his last game was against the Japanese team. Uh, they actually played in Japan. Josh goes for 26 points, 10 of 18 shooting, 2 of 5 from 3, 
five rebounds, 11 assists, just really took advantage of his size, got to the, to the rim pretty easily. Um, and was hitting some off the dribble threes of his own, including kind of a late dagger with about two and a half minutes left shot looks very, very fluid Taylor and just exciting stuff from Josh. He continues to show out. The problem is that that Australian team doesn't have a lot of shooting. And so the court is very compacted and people are crashing in on Josh as soon as he begins to drive, but a good learning experience. Yeah, exactly. A good learning experience for the 20 year old. Extremely because he is the guy. And I think honestly, Jacob, like the thing I wanted to mention here the most when it comes to Giddy, yes, I am like just extremely excited to see that Shea is continuing to play at an all NBA level. And like I mentioned, it's not something that he like kind of has to ramp back up to uh, this coming season. He's just continuing it and continuing to improve. But to see Josh come out here and do this in FIBA, and again, I, I recognize the talents discrepancy. Uh, not that there aren't NBA talents on the floor necessarily in FIBA, but it's not the same as playing against you know a, a full squad of NBA talent compared to uh, what they're seeing in FIBA. But regardless, with Giddy being the man, the focal point of the offense, like you mentioned, I mean, the team's not necessarily built around him. It just, it is what it is. Not a ton of spacing. And here he is putting up ridiculous stats like he did. Like you mentioned, 26 points, 11 assists, five rebounds, 10 of 18 from the floor. The efficiency is to to me, Jacob, uh, for Giddy as well. uh, Well, and you also mentioned the three point shots. Like that's very exciting. We're starting starting to see that, that, uh, that I almost said Chris England, Chip England uh, training come to fruition here and we're seeing improvements with that outside shot from josh which is very exciting but the thing that makes me the most excited is something that i alluded to that you and i have talked about in the past with shay and his you know growth into superstardom and that is getting to the free throw line and i think josh has done a fantastic job of doing that uh, here in fiba as a focal point of the australian offense i'm kind of curious your thoughts about his aggressiveness and his ability to get to the line here Again, when he's that main point guard. Yeah, I think getting to the line is the next step for him as well. Uh, To get to the free throw line means you're playing more aggressive towards the basket. And that's the, that's the next step in his game. He's got the size. He's got the, the, the stature. We know he can be a dog down there Uh, just to be able to continue to do that and play through contact, I think is the next big step for Josh. And he's showing that he's embracing that right now, which You absolutely love to see both of these teams will play again on Friday morning. Taylor, I believe the Australians play around 4 a.m. Central time. Canada plays at 8.30 a.m. Central time. We are now to, I guess, phase two, group two of FIBA basketball. Um, Team Canada's pool is Canada, Spain, Brazil, and Latvia. I feel pretty good about Canada winning that pool. The top two move on. Australia's pool, much more difficult. They have themselves. They have Germany, who they lost to without Franz Wagner. So that's a tough team. Georgia, which is okay, but like not cream of the crop. And then I don't know, Jacob. They're national champions. (laughs) And then the Slovenians (laughs) with Luka Doncic. That's actually who they will take on on Friday in a massive, massive game. Uh, so that one will that be one. that one will be really interesting. We'll get some Josh versus Luca. 
Jacob, just really quick, putting a cap on this. Um, and I'm sorry, I didn't <laughs> didn't give you a heads up before the podcast that I had this because I was just scrolling through some screen, some uh, screenshots that I have. But I think this kind of, like I said, puts a perfect cap on this. The Thunder backcourt in the FIBA World Cup. This is from StatMuse. Giddy's averaging 19 points per game, 5.3 rebounds per game, 5.7 assists per game, and two steals per game. Uh, he's leading Australia in points, assists, and steals as that lead playmaker, that lead player in general. Shea, 22 points per game, 8 rebounds per game, 5.7 assists per game, and 1.7 steals per game. That leads Canada in points, rebounds, and assists. So the two leading guards are the two leading players, essentially, for each of Canada and um, Australia. They both play for the Oklahoma City Thunder and start together. It's pretty nice. And then you pretty, had Chet there as a connector. Pretty, the two of them. pretty nice. All right, Taylor, speaking of Josh and Shay and Chet, we're going to take our first break of the night. But on the other side, on Sunday's pod, this past Sunday's pod, we predicted Thunder minutes per game for each player. Tonight, we're going to do points. So we will do that right when we get back. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. And we are back. So, Taylor, last offseason, around this time, about 12 months ago, JD and I, did this activity where after we projected Thunder player minutes, we then went back and did Thunder player points. We're going to do that again tonight for the 2023-24 NBA season. Before we do that, though, I want to take a blast of the past. I want to Ooh. rewind 12 months ago and look at what our predictions were and see how close we were. So I have the actual points per game for each Thunder player this past season. What I want you to do, I know you have our predictions from last season. So I let's do. start with the highest points per game. You tell us who that was and how many points, and I will tell us what the actual points per game were, and then we can kind of discuss on each one just briefly. So this was a little difficult just because um, when I was listening back on last, last year's podcast, which literally was almost about a year to the date, um, both on Sunday when we did our minutes per game and uh, this Wednesday when we're doing our points per game predictions. It, 
like last year we we and even this year when we did the men's per game we talked about a specific game and like say december and i think last year you said november you kind of started that way with the points per game uh like how many points would a would said player have in a november or december game uh but then you and silva started talking about points per game for the season so it's a little confusing there <laughs> But we're going to go ahead and say uh, that you guys were referring to points per game for the season. Okay. Because that, that, that is what you you referred to. Uh, you, you pulled it up in basketball reference, and that's what you were referring to. So the highest one here was Shea Gilles-Alexander. You guys had him with 24 points. And I kind of think that that was probably 24 points maybe in that game, uh, given where he was the year before. But regardless, 24 points. Well, the highest. year before, he was at about 24 a game. Okay, so maybe... Right, if you look at Shea, not this past season, but the season before, he scored 24.5 points a game. Okay. So So we we guessed 24. Shea's points per game last season, 31.5. That's insane. (laughs) 7.5 more a game. I mean... Like, that's that's wild. That's... I mean, we we missed the mark... Right. If you go back and you listen to our podcast or any Thunder podcasts, off-season content from last year, nobody expected this from Shea. Nobody. The leap was massive. And I think it's been so long, and we followed this team so closely, we're zoomed in so close that it gets lost on us sometimes. But this has only been one season, and the jump was... Enormous. So we definitely missed the mark on Shea. Uh, who's the next highest? I think you're spot on there. And I even think about like Josh Giddy, which honestly uh, might be next. Let's see. So actually, it's not Josh. So I'll save that thought. But uh, the way it, it, we already knew about Chet's injury at this point, but for the sake of the exercise, and I, I'm glad you did this, but you said let's just assume that Chet would be healthy. What do we think he would have done this past season as a rookie? And you guys had 14 points per game. Interesting. Okay. And so, yeah, no, it's an interesting point. And again, we don't, I mean, I know we'll be doing this exercise again for this upcoming season, but if we were to throw Chet in that, you know, in those lineups last season, it really is fun to think about. I think 14 is probably pretty spot on. Yeah, we will get, we will get to Chet um, whenever we get to this year's predictions. Perfect. And then next, uh, I mentioned him, Josh Giddy. Josh what Giddy, we... you guys had at 13 points per game. 13 points, sure... okay. So last season, he actually averaged 16.6. Um, so we cut Josh a little bit short as well. Uh, the year before that, he was at 12 and a half, his rookie year. So we actually like gave him a bump from his rookie year, but we undersold it. He had a, a bigger jump. Um so interesting. We'll we'll get our take on Josh going into this season, but undersold Josh just a hair. Interesting, and I also missed this. You guys actually, uh, sorry, uh, you guys had Lou Dort at fourteen as well, alongside Chet. So Lou Dort, oh, okay. thirteen points per game. Uh, Lou Dort last season averaged thirteen point seven. If so, Very if we said close. fourteen, we were right on the money. Right Very on the money. Close. That's well done. So let's see. I'm looking through here. Uh, Ten points per game would have been the next one, and that was. <laughs> None other than Florida's own Trey Mann. Nice. So Trey Mann actually played in 67 games last year and averaged 7.7. Okay. Yeah. Not too far off. So not horribly bad, but 
Yeah, I think uh, I don't think we're gonna give, be giving Trey ten a game on this exercise. I think the minutes. issue is the rest of these players. Um, and I'll, I'll go through the or, or I'll mention the next one. Then maybe I can rattle off the next couple. But okay, the next one we had uh, there was three players tied at seven points per game. One of those was none other than Jalen Williams, J Dub. Okay. The other one was uh, JRE. So seven for J Dub, seven for JRE, and seven for Kendrick Williams. Kenny Hustle. All right. So JRE was 6.8. Kenrich Williams was 8.0. So pretty close. Yeah. Although JRE only played in 43 games. Kenrich Williams only played in 53 games. Uh, J-Dub, 75 games. Was double that. He was at 14 <laughs> points a game. <laughs> That's my favorite. I love that. Like, none of us could have seen that coming. No. I um, mean, what what a season by j Crazy. J-Dub. Also, okay, sorry. And again, this is another one that I missed, but at eight points per game, none other than Jacob's favorite, Darius Baisley. Wow. Darius averaged 5.4 points a game. He played 36 games. Oof. Oof. We were off. We were off. Um, let's see. We have a five points per game for Poku. Um, okay, so Poku in actuality averaged eight points per game. Only played in 34 games, started 25 of those. Uh, was where's it? Field goal percentage 43% from the field and shot 36% from three. Um, so a little off on Poku. I think people forget about Poku, man. He could play a big role in this team this year. It's going to be interesting to get his minutes, our projections for his minutes this year. So this is why, looking back, I think that you all were uh, continuing what we did a year ago when we tried to project minutes per game for a specific game in like November, December, um, because you all had Mascala at zero points per game. You had Usman Jing at zero points per game, which makes sense. And there's one more. Oh, Aaron Wiggins at zero points per game. So interesting. I think that kind of explains some of the discrepancies here. I think we were talking about a specific game um, looking forward. And again, we can pull this up on like basketball reference or whatever. Uh, but looking at points per game for the season as a whole, given and like you mentioned, Jacob, like kind of giving sample size uh, of the amount of games that these players played last year, uh, kind of projecting ahead, maybe that would be better. But I just want to mention that because that's why like Muscala has zero quote unquote points per game, but this was a specific game. And that's why like Oos and Wiggins had zero because it was a specific game and i think we said december interesting okay um any other thoughts on last year's predictions like some of them we were off uh pretty substantially especially the guys at the top shay uh j dub obviously we we hit it pretty on the head with um uh guys like jre uh Trey Mann was kind of close. Kenrich Williams, Poku, a lot of those were close, but we really missed the mark. So I'm interested to see how bad we're going to be this year. Yeah, that's right. We're actively promoting people to like distrust our podcast because <laughs> of how off we are. <laughs> I just think as a whole, like, and again, all Thunder fans were, and you mentioned other Thunder podcasts, other just media, national media in general. I think we were lower on this team heading into the season thinking it was going to be another yeah. quote-unquote We're probably year. overinflated it this was. year. Right, yeah. We were probably overinflated this year. Or okay. we just come to the mean, come to the average. And, there you go. Yeah. Taylor, let's take our next break of the night, and then on the other side, we are going to do this activity for the 
Thunder team and project their their points, not their minutes. We've already done minutes. We will do points right on the other side of this break. All right, we are back. Taylor, you ready to do this? I am, but I have a couple questions, or really kind of one big question for you. Okay. So when we did this exercise on Sunday, we also assumed that the minutes that we put together there were for a random game in December of this upcoming season. Do we want to, and and I think what we did last year, and again, this is without me listening to the full podcast uh, that we did last year, but I'm pretty sure we took their season average of points per game, uh, total points per game, and then distributed those evenly. Do we want to do that? Or do we just want to go off last year's points per game and distribute points that way? Here is how I think we should go about this activity. Last season, the Thunder were fifth in the league in points per game at 117.5. Yep. So about every game, they scored 117 and a half points per game. I say we keep that number, 117. We pull up our minutes projection that we did on Sunday. And if they average 117, that means any given night, they're scoring about 117. So let's give points to the guys that we gave minutes to last week until it totals up to 117. Perfect. So it's kind of like, like we're looking at their average, but it will total 117 for like a, a single game. So we're not going to give points to Kaysen because we had him at zero minutes. So let's just take, we're, we're kind of building a box score here. Sunday, Love we did it. the minutes. Tonight, we're doing the points. The points need to equal 117. Are you cool with that? I, I, I love it. I think that's perfect. And then maybe if we have a little extra time at the end, we can engage in some like Kaysen Wallace talk uh, for points per game on the season and et cetera. Beautiful. I love it. So I have our spreadsheet pulled up here. Can you see it all right? Yep. All right, so I think the way we're going to go through this, Taylor, is uh, you take the first guy, and we're just going to go minutes per game down the list. We've got Shea, J-Dub, Josh Giddy, Chet Holmgren, Lou Dort, Kenrich Williams, Alexei Pokashevsky, Vasile Micic, Isaiah Joe, Jalen Williams, J-Will, and Aaron Wiggins are our, uh, how many is that, 10 guys? 11 guys? How many is that? One, two, three. Four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. We got eleven 12. guys to right. get one hundred and seventeen points. You are first up with Shea Gilgis Alexander. Last year, averaged thirty-one and a half points a game. So, how many points are you giving Shea? So, I just went uh, to Basketball Reference and filtered by points per game. Look what we're seeing from Shea and FIBA again. Completely different atmosphere. Completely, I, I, I get that, but. Pending an injury, like it is really hard to see that number go down. And so because of that, um, 31.4 points per game. This is where it gets hard because you see other players taking leaps. Go ahead and just give me 30, 30 points per game. Um, and then the reason I say that is because we've talked a lot about Chet coming into this team. He's obviously going to be taking uh, shots, going to be scoring for this team. We're talking about guys like Josh Giddy and J-Dub each taking a leap, which is huge for this team. So I think like we could be talking a year from now, Jacob, and talking about Shea had 
one of his had his best uh, best season of his entire career, but didn't necessarily score you know, or didn't necessarily average the most points uh, per game of his career. And the reason of that is because he's surrounded by more talent. But it's not going to be by much less. That's why I'm only going a point less. So give me 30 points per game. I think I agree with that. I don't know if it gets to 31 and a half again just because more mouths to feed, more democratic style of basketball. I think 30 is a good number. Like if it was like 29.7 next season, I wouldn't be surprised. It may be more efficient, which would be hard because he was crazy efficient last year. Uh, maybe more rebounds, assists, steals type stuff. I think 30 is a fair number. Yep. So we'll go with 30. This next one is going to kind of set the pace for the rest of this activity. Uh, we have J-Dub <laughs> getting the next highest amount of minutes. Last season, J-Dub averaged 14 points per game. And I feel like that number is in... going up. That was in 75 games. Yes, and he played 30 minutes a game. I think he's going to be right at about 30 minutes a game again. I think he's scoring more than 14, Taylor. Oh, I agree. Give me your number. I don't know how big of a jump it is, and we're going to have to subtract numbers from because we got to get Vasily Micic points. we got to get... I mean, do we, though? Like, that's where this whole, like, exercise comes into play. Like, you know what I mean? My my argument is it goes up, but J-Dub is a guy that never forces it. He takes the right shots. He's very efficient in what he does. I'm going 17. Okay. I'm cool with that. I was going to say 18 because I – and I totally agree with what you, you're saying about him not being a selfish player because that is – quite honestly, like that is not – the kind of players that Pressy's been drafting in, in this next era of Thunder basketball. But with that being said, I see Dub taking on more of a scoring role moving forward, given how the team is currently constructed, and maybe not even necessarily this season, just long-term. Uh, but I think that 17 mark is, is probably perfect. And it's exciting. Like, that makes me really excited. As Would I be shocked if he gets to 20? That's That's a jump. That's like a significant jump. It That's wouldn't completely jump. shock me, but that, that'd be awesome. Uh, you look at Josh. Josh went from like 12 to 16 and a half. Yep. Uh, so four points. So Dub going from 14 to 17, I think is is a good number. And I, that's a good transition because our next player here is Josh Giddy, right? And and for the listeners uh, who are listening to the podcast and are not looking at the, the screen or maybe didn't listen to Sunday's podcast or like me, uh, it's been two days and <laughs> you don't remember who we had at points per game or sorry, at minutes per game. Uh, when we were talking on Sunday, we only have dub and giddy separated by one minute per game. And I mean, I yes. think that's probably pretty accurate if they aren't the exact same. So, uh, dub, we had at 32 minutes per game. Giddy we have at 31 minutes per game. And like Jacob mentioned, giddy was at 16.6 uh, points per game last year. Jacob, I mean, I think we're going to be talking a lot, hopefully, this upcoming season <laughs> about how Josh seems like such a better player. But again, given the different mounts to feed, given the fact that we're we're giving Dub 17 points per game, um, I'm going to go ahead and go with 16 points per game for Giddy. So he basically stays the same? He basically stays the same. But I think as a whole, we're going to be talking about how much of an improved player that Josh is uh, for this team. 
but it, it's not going to be on the on the point side necessarily. Is that fair? Yeah. No, I think it's totally fair. And I would probably go along with you. Like, I wouldn't be surprised. Last season, Josh averaged 16.6 points, eight rebounds, six assists. If you told me Josh this season was 16, eight, and eight, like, it wouldn't shock me. I think 16, eight, and eight, he stays same on the points, maybe is a little more efficient, shoots better, but takes less shots and averages like two more assists per game. Uh, I think that would make a ton of sense. So we can keep Josh kind of at the same number as last year, which is 16. If you are listening at home, that puts us at 63 points already. We're only going to 117. The next guy on the list is Chet Holmgren. This one is very interesting. I got Taylor. Taylor had to step away for a second. He is back now. Taylor, we have Chet next. Do you want to do Chet right now, or do you want to go to Lou and decide Lou's points before we do Chet? Taylor, you're muted. Still muted. Can't hear you. No bueno. Still muted. While Taylor figures out his technical difficulties, I am going Lou Dort next. Um, I know we have, if you listen to Sunday's podcast, we have Chet at 27 minutes and Lou at 26. So in our uh, order here, Chet should go next. But I just think it makes sense to do Lou Dort next. Uh, because we already have a baseline for him. Lou Dort last season averaged 14 points per game, 13.7. For his career, Lou averages, I'm trying to get it, 13.4, so right around the same. He's been 14, 17, and then basically 14 again the past three seasons. I think this is the year that Lou Dort's points drop just a hair. Instead of going 14 for Lou, I am thinking, Taylor, are you back? <laughs> I didn't want to interrupt. Can you hear me? Yes. We're good. Okay, that was weird. I, I am thinking 10 or 11 points per game for Lou. Uh, yes. I was going, I was kind of thinking like, what if we went like 10.5? Um, that yeah, but we need round numbers for our activity for our exercise here. Okay, fair. Let's go. Let's go with ten. Let's because that's what I want in my heart. (laughs) I am cool with that. So if we put Lou at ten, tired of seeing Lou jack up. We are at seventy-three points for the game. Um, quick math. We've got forty-four points left to divide amongst everybody. It's not a lot. It's tough. Just like the minutes, right? And like, and I think I think we do Chet next. Agreed. Agreed. So we got forty four points left. What are we giving Chet? Oh man. Okay, so we're saying Dub at seventeen. We're saying Josh at sixteen. Hmm. I mean, I, I, I feel like such a homer here, but I think it really is the truth. And when I when I thought a lot about it, I'm thinking about FIBA. And I'm thinking about the West in general. Like, yes, it is the wild, wild West. 
we could see the Thunder end up at like the 10th seed playing in for the play-in spot. We could also see them like flirting with the fourth, fifth, sixth spot in the West. And I'll save some of those takes for when we do our preseason bets podcast coming up uh, here in about a month or so. So for all those reasons, when I see 17 points per game for Dub, I see 16 points per game for Giddy. What do you think about like 15 points per game for Chet? I like it. I feel like it's a little bold. Uh, in the chat, we've got 13, 14, and 12.7 from Kieran. <laughs> kind of like that 12-ish, like high 12 number. But I just think like, all the different opportunities he's going. I, he's going to get thinking, easy buckets. Right, right. He's going to get really easy buckets. I was going to go 13 for Chet. I like that. Let's go 13. I like that a lot. If your starting lineup is 30, 17, 16, 13, and 10. <laughs> we champions. You're doing something right. <laughs> so fair point. Maybe this is a little optimistic, but I, I don't think it's unrealistic. We've got... 31 points left, right? 86 is where we're at now. So that's 96, 106, 116, and we're going to 117. So 31 points left. We are now onto the bench, Taylor. We need minutes for Kenrich Williams, Alexei Pokashevsky, Vasile Michich, Isaiah Joe, Jay Will, and A. Wiggs, Aaron yep. Wiggins, the man who saved the basketball. We've got 31 points to divide amongst six guys. So this is roughly about five points per guy. This is where it kind of like almost evens out. Like when you look at the the points per game for last year uh, on basketball reference, but uh, Kendrick Williams is honestly, he's next. Uh, I I guess besides Poku who played in a more limited sample size of games. So if we're going with uh, Kenny hustle, eight points per game last season. And again, there's more mouths to feed. Like I can see Kenny hustle being equally impactful but not scoring as many points just based off his role with the team and what he does with his team. And us talking about these additional scores. So with all that being said, like, I don't want to bump him down too much. What do we think about like seven points per game? I was going to go six. Okay. Yeah. But, I think he gets less minutes. There's a lot of mouths to feed. I think six is fine. Cool. You're up. What do you think? Uh, you go next. Pick your player. Pick your points. Um, gosh, we got Wiggins, Jay Will, Joe Mitchich, and Poku left. I'm gonna go Poku next. You know my guy, Poku. He averaged 8.1 last season. I feel like that's gonna get trimmed cut just because there's so many other guys. What about like six for Poku? I think six is both both Kenrich and Poku go from eight down to six. Very fair. I think that's okay. We're at ninety eight minutes, like, but it just shows you how hard this is. And, and honestly, like, and again, uh, maybe just a disclaimer: the Thunder obviously could <laughs> average more than one hundred seventeen points per game. As a yeah, but that, that this is the point of the exercise, right? Correct. And we can go Correct. back and edit some of these at the end. We got 19 points left for Mitchich, Joe, Jay Will, and Wiggins. I mean, I think we got to go Mitchich next, right? Because that, that is the biggest offseason acquisition uh, outside of you know, free agency acquisition outside of uh, there was no big trades and uh, outside of the NBA draft. We, we've, we've talked a little bit about Casey Wallace. So for sure. 
for all those reasons, I think we should probably should go Mitchich next because we expect him to have a pretty big role in this team. I mean, look, mm-hmm. we have him here at 16 uh, minutes per game. We discussed this exercise on Sunday. And so, like, we're talking about six points per game for K-Rit or for Kenny Hustle. We're talking about six points per game for Poku. I mean, the optimist in me wants to go something crazy like 10 points per game for Mitchich saying that he's like – I don't think that's crazy at all. 10, 10 was the number I had in my head. Okay, let's go 10. All right, perfect. I thought I was going to uh, have to go, you know, do a little negotiation, go down to like nine or eight. So uh, I'm what down if, with What 10. if Mitchich is like – 10, 4, and 3. Yes. Yes. I could we're see that. Page. And, and like, that's like a really productive like bench player. We're talking about like a six-man-of-the-year candidate. I'm not saying he's going to win six-man-of-the-year, but like I think, okay, the, the Thunder There will be, be nights where he scores in the 20s, I think. I love it. There will be nights where I he doesn't it. do much. But I think 10 is a good number here. I agree. I love it. So 108, we got nine points left for Isaiah Joe, Jay Will. And Wiggins, <laughs> uh, Isaiah Joe so Joe tough. averaged almost ten a game last season. I'm cutting him in half down to five. Perfect. I'm all that about leaves that. us four points left. Three and one. Yeah, three for I mean, Jay Will, we, we one don't really for Wiggins. Have any opportunities, and like that still leaves us with players like Oose, right? Who we expect, and, and again, um, we're we're going off the minutes per game that we had. Uh, for a random game in December. But. Yeah, if you add up all of the the average points per game for the entire team last year, it's a lot more than 117, right? We're just looking at a single game. And I think that's where we see something. Yeah, no, no, I agree completely. Um, honestly, this, it, we looked back uh, like for this offseason, uh, obviously a lot of content going on and, and thought it'd be a really fun idea to replicate this for this upcoming season, like we did a year ago. But I also think it'd be kind of fun to do this, like heading into postseason. Maybe we do this like in April again. And um, we don't necessarily predict, but we just pull up what we had tonight and what we had on Sunday and compare that to what April looks like, because I think it'll be drastically different. Like we see guys like me again, not to, um, maybe spoil what we're about to dive into here uh, with, with certain players. But I don't know. I, I just think uh, it'd be really interesting to see guys like Usman Jane, for example, and uh, to reevaluate guys like, like Chet and Kenny Hustle and just break up players last year, like Isaiah Joe. I don't know. No, I think that's, that's totally fair. So let's go back through our numbers. And let's see if we want to make edits anywhere. So for those of you who can't see because you're listening to the podcast version, we have SGA at 30 points, J-Dub at 17, Josh Giddy at 16, Chet Holmgren at 13, Lou Dort at 10, Kenrich Williams and Alexei Pokashevsky both at 6, Vasily Michich at 10, Isaiah Joe at 5, Jalen Williams, J-Will at 3, and Aaron Wiggins at 1. Taylor, if I told you out of all these players and their points, we have to subtract 20% from one player, who do you think is most likely? I was told there would be no math. 20% off Shea would be six. (laughs) 20% off J-Dub and Giddy would be three. 20% off Chet would be like close to three. Dort would be two. 
and the rest of these guys you're looking like Vasily Mitchich oh, would be two. Poku and Kenrich would be one. I feel twenty percent. Like um, I would probably flirt with one of Dub or Giddy, and not because I don't think they're going to be equally as impactful as they were in this past season, probably more impactful, but if they're being more impactful, they're probably impacting the games in uh, other ways. And so if I'm thinking that way, go ahead and give me Giddy. I don't like my answer there, but um, I just think that's because he's flirting with triple doubles every single night and impacting the game at a high level outside of scoring. Giddy was my first guess too. So, so let's, let's just tweak some stuff just to have fun on the podcast. Yeah. Let's take 20% off of Giddy, which moves him from 16 to 13. Okay. My other one was Dort. 20% yes. off Dort takes him from 10 to 8, not 18, 8. If we go 100%, that means he's been traded. So that means we have five more points to allocate. Where do those five more points go? We I'm now looking. have, I'm going to run through it again. SGA 30, Dub 17, Josh 13, Chet 13, Dort 8. Kenrich six, Poku six, Mitchich ten, Joe five, J Will three, Wiggins one. We got five points that we can um, put in somewhere else. Where do you want to put? So them? we have five points there, and I think like just given this exercise that we're doing, a uh, longtime listener uh, and supporter Meek League had a really good comment here. He says, "I think SGA will be high twenties, not because he's worse, but because we are much deeper." What do you think about? Maybe Shea being 28 points per game, 28.5 points per game. We could. My first inclination was some of these five points go to Shea and he gets over 30. But <laughs> I like that. I like that a lot. Uh, that's spicy, but I like it. Um, what if we split? Here's my thing. And again, I'm going equally optimistic, but in a completely different direction, Jacob. What if we go like two of those points to Chet? 15 points per game how about we do this we got five more points to divide up let's give two to chet so he's at 15 let's give three to jada boom get him to 20 and basically we're celebrating on reno here and next june and uh thunder won the championship (laughs) (laughs) so now we have 30 for shay 20 for dub 15 for chet 13 for giddy Eight for Dort, Gosh. six for K K Rich, and six for Poku. Ten for Mitchich, five for Joe, three for J Will, and one for Wiggs. I think the conclusion I've come to doing this exercise, and again, like these minutes, I we don't I, I don't necessarily agree with the minutes that we did on Sunday because they're going to be much more spread out uh, as the season goes along. And we were talking about a specific game in December. All that being said, I see the Thunder averaging many more points per game this next season. Ooh, uh, how especially, many more? Because I mean, the league leader game. in points per game last year was the Kings at 120. Really? Okay, that surprises me. So where did the Thunder end up last year? Fifth. At 117. It was Kings at 120.7. Dubs at 118.9, Hawks at 118.4, Celtics at 117.9, Thunder at 117.5. This is where I'm just kind of like almost dumbfounded. Like, where do these, because I, I we expect Usman Jang to play, right? Like, we expect 
expect Casey Wallace to play. How are these minutes, or sorry, how are these, oh, the minutes, but also the points distributed? Uh, I mean, that is hard. Are we, are we, well, yeah, but see... whenever you add up the whole roster's points per game, it's going to be well over 117 because not everyone plays every game. Fair. It's a good point. Right. Like if, good point. Just doing quick, this is going to be really bad. Quick math. <laughs> quick math. There's no, 61, right. there's 75, 85, um, 93, 101. I'm told you I'm bad at math. 101, <laughs> 109. You're literally doing this in your head. I should have just 116, this and I'm only halfway but... down. I'm to player number nine. We're at 116. Yeah, um, there you go. 130, 142, 148, 153, 58, 68, 172. If you total up all average points per game for everyone on the roster last year. The discrepancy there is the game. Not everyone played. played every game. Yeah. Good point. Okay. So maybe total points scored for a season <laughs> and then ranking those amongst each team is where we probably should be going here. But regardless, uh, it's, I feel confident about this, but I still feel extremely optimistic because I think that's such a, that just like speaks to the, the deep team that this thunder, uh, Thunder franchise has assembled. Let me ask you this, Taylor. If we get to January and these minutes per game that we've done here tonight are pretty accurate, who is more likely to get possible all-star buzz? Is it Dub averaging 20 points a game? Or is it Giddy maybe averaging 13, 9, and 9? I mean, it's all the above because the Thunder are obviously a top three seed in the West. However, the all-star team is the Oklahoma City Thunder. That's right, just like the the Warriors before them. Um, no, but that really is a great question. And I would say the buzz would probably be for Dub because we know that all-star, all-NBA, there's always narrative behind that. But I think there would be a very valid argument. I don't mean for this to be a cop-out answer. But like I think the the you know when you hear the, the the national media talk about this Thunder team, and then you have like us saying, well, they obviously haven't watched the Thunder every single game, uh, making these sort of statements. Like I I think there could be a very valid argument for Giddy being the more impactful player for the Thunder, not just for you know heading into the All Star game, but for the season as a whole. And that's kind of what I was talking about when I was talking about taking points away from him. It's not necessarily that he's going to be less impactful for the team. It's, it's the fact that he's going to be impacting the team at such a high level and on other, you know, in, in other regards, such as uh, rebounds, um, assists, and then obviously, I think defensively is somewhere he could really grow. Like if he grows in that sense, we're talking about a player who truly can play at like a true "quote unquote" four or forward for this Thunder team, and just gives them so much flexibility. So that's a really long-winded answer to say that I think Dev would probably still go ahead and get the nod in this sense because it's just, you know, it's social media. Social media buzz. Is that fair? I think so. Although, but maybe if like, Josh was near triple-double and fan votes counting and him having all of Australia behind him, I think that's that would... That's a good uh, point. And FIBA, that's a really good point. So maybe he gets the FIBA bump. Could be. Who knows? I like it. Taylor, it's always a pleasure. 
This was a fun assignment to do with you. Uh, this felt I'm excited. like Thunder Offseason Copium podcast. Yes, where... <laughs> I, I am excited to listen back um, in like 10 months and see how off we were. Hopefully off in a, in a good sense. Hey, speaking of that, not to continue to distract us here as we're going on 15 minutes. <laughs> we talked about 45, but that's what I do best, Jacob. Uh, when I was listening back on the podcast from a year ago, you it, it was right around the, the exact same time as the chat entry. You brought up a really great point. You got some really great points on this when you were talking about me. Good points. Never. <laughs> Whoever would have thunk it. Um, but sliding dub into the starting lineup and how he played so well against Jabari Smith Jr. in uh, summer league. And I'm just saying, play. I'm just saying you nailed it. You really did. You, uh, you had some very good points there when you're making your argument for, for dubs. That was one that aged very well to your credit. I love it. <laughs> All right, Taylor. I think we're going to call it a night. We'll be back Sunday for you guys. So make sure you tune in Sunday, 9 PM central time to the live stream. Enjoy the end of your week. Enjoy college football weekend. If you are in the States, if you are overseas, if, if you like football, tune in college football. If you don't, we'll see you on Sunday. International football is also in full speed. This uh, is true. FIBA basketball, make sure to tune in Friday morning, 8.30 a.m. as the Canadians take on Spanish. I think they're playing Spain on Friday morning. Uh, I know Australia is playing Slovenia. Uh, but it is at like 4.30 a.m. over here, so I won't be watching, but if you watch, power to you. We will talk to you guys soon. Until then, as always, Thunder Up. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about, but why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.